0: There we go. Well, good morning. morning. I so appreciate that you're here. There's nothing like being in the room. If you're online, we love you too. We're glad that you're joining us on our online stream. This is part five of Fresh Wind. I want to talk to you this morning about having a spirit-filled prayer life. Last week, we talked about having a spirit-filled life, and this week, uh, having a spirit-filled prayer life. Next week, I want to talk to you about having spirit-filled worship. And uh, we're going to uh, we're gonna practice what we learned next week as it's Thanksgiving Sunday. Uh, traditionally, we take our Thanksgiving service and talk about the power of praise and what it is to be a people who understand the uh, presence of God as he comes into the room uh, via our uh, praise and our worship, and he manifests himself in our midst. That's what we're all about as we're believing God for fresh wind and a new increase in his presence uh, among us, as Christina said, we just came back from a pastors' conference that uh, was really great for us and uh, for us to get a fresh wind and, and to be filled up. We had the opportunity uh, to uh, go with Andrew and Vanessa Hoys from Resurgence Church in Montreal. We just love their friendship so much. Friends of this house and uh, so it was good to be with them as well. Christina did a session, and she brought the fire, let me tell you. Um, it was five pastor's wives, and each of them uh, shared. They call it a five-by-five. Five. It was a five-minute exhortation uh, in a morning session, and she thought she was going last. That was the order, and, uh, and the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. They called her up first, and uh, boy, she brought the heat. It was so, so good, so proud of her and uh, just inspiring uh, pastors and the people that were at the conference. We were hoping to have Mark Petro in our service this morning. He had a slight setback last week. We prayed. Um, He experienced another suddenly of the Lord this week. Um, He was uh, doing some physio, and uh, the physiotherapist thought that he seemed to be doing like way ahead of schedule so he said, yes, I am, and began to run the stairs up and down uh, in the quadrant of the hospital he was in, <laughs> and then stood and did jumping jacks. Uh, for those of you that may not know, um, he, uh, 27-year-old Mark, who had COVID, was uh, in an induced coma, uh, paralyzed uh, for that reason, and um, on, a, on a ventilator. And just in a 10-day period, really a suddenly of the Lord, a miracle, we believe. He's belie- he believes. We'd hope to share that with you today, having him in person. But he said he'll be here the- next week uh, just getting home. And they bought a brand-new home. They're just getting situated in it. They hadn't even unpacked before having to go to hospital. So uh, we'll hear from uh, Mark and Kaylee hopefully next week. Spirit-filled prayer life. Um, Paul said this in-, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, For if I pray in a tongue... If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. I will pray with my spirit. Lord, would I just ask you by your Holy Spirit today. Lord, did you it stir us to believe you for more? There is so much more. You want your people to be energized, filled, to overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit in this day. Lord, if we ever needed you, it's now. Lord, we thank you for the reports that we're hearing as we gathered in our pastor's conference from coast to coast in Canada, that our churches are experiencing people coming to know Jesus. Our churches are experiencing the power of God. Lord, harvest is no exception. We thank you for what you're doing here. Continue, Lord, this great work we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. In Acts chapter 2, we read about the birthing of the New Testament church in the upper room where they experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I took a moment uh, throughout the series to talk to you about that word baptism. It simply means to identify with You identify uh, with something, and so uh, to identify with water baptism, you are identifying, uh, and that word means, like, putting your trust in, like, this is me. Uh, It's not just you know, like you're wearing a team jersey or something, identify with a team. It's so much more than that. You identify your life with the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. Water baptism. We'll be having a service in the not-too-distant future for many who have come to know Jesus uh, while we weren't able to meet, and we want to uh, have them experience uh, the powerful experience of water baptism. But Holy Spirit baptism an experience that happened later, uh, 50 days after Jesus went to be with the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit, and on that inaugural day in the upper room, they were baptized, and Jesus said, wait until you're endued or clothed with power in the upper room, and they would have the power of the Holy Spirit. They would be baptized. Say baptized. 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 They would identify with with the work of the Holy Spirit in the same way that the Holy Spirit came on Jesus at his baptism. And we've unpacked that. And so if some of this is new for you and you haven't heard it before, i encourage you to go back and get the podcast and listen to them uh, as we are discussing what it means to be today, have a spirit-filled prayer life. The moment when you identify with the work of the Holy Spirit, your baptism, that inaugural experience, Most often, there is a power manifestation that takes place. And most often, it would be to speak in a language that you've never learned before. It happened in the upper room, and it's been happening for centuries since as people have been experiencing the Holy Spirit and identifying with the power of the Holy Spirit, yielding to the wind of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, uh, And so it says in Acts 2, all of them that had gathered, all of them that were yielded, all of them that were there for the purpose of the infilling, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, I want to kind of unpack some of these ideas today as we talk about this because there are a lot of misunderstandings, and Paul's going to use that word we're going to see in a moment, misunderstandings about this. This is not some kind of uh, ecstatic experience that is kind of portrayed i've seen it portrayed in movies where um, they really uh, caricature and and make fun of and mock in movies people that have an ex- holy spirit experience a pentecostal experience we would call it of speaking in tongues and it almost looks like backwards poltergeist like it just looks awful it's just they just portrayed in a way where a person loses control completely and 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 you know something just comes pouring out of their mouth, and it just looks weird, and, and it's really a, a misunderstanding of this experience. This experience, as we'll see, is totally in our control as we yield and partner with the Holy Spirit, and it's not something to be afraid of or something that, that seizes hold of you and will make you do something you don't want to do. God would never, ever uh, do that, and, and, and so on the day of Pentecost, they spoke languages that were spoken in other countries. And the reason we know that, that this was the Feast of Pentecost, and Jewish people from other countries, from the then known world, the Bible actually says from all over the world, came to celebrate the feast in Jerusalem. It would be like a pilgrimage, and they would come and celebrate it in the holy city. And so they're gathered there, and they begin to hear their language, and even more than that, specifically the dialect of their languages. And so, you know, if you're a Francophone, that if you go to Alexandria, there's a different dialect than there would be in, um, in Valleyfield than there would be in Montreal, or it really different in Africa or in France, different dialects. They actually heard not just their languages, but their dialects. I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I've been on vacation somewhere, uh, where, or, or I've been traveling in ministry somewhere where I don't speak the language of the place I'm in. And uh, you begin to kind of the drone of the language you don't know. But even in a crowded room, someone speaking, your, speaking English, it's like you perk right up. Your brain is able to hone right in on it because you know the language. And I have found myself going, you speak English. <laughs> and you just want to speak your own language uh, because you're excited to find somebody else who speaks your language. Well, that was the case here in Jerusalem that they heard... Uh, it says, then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue or in our own language. And so as they were having this experience of speaking a language they didn't know, the Holy Spirit bypassing, you know, having to learn the language, just kind of giving them this language. And they're speaking it, they're yielding themselves to this, to this uh, manifestation of the power of God. And this, this is what was happening. They were actually preaching the gospel and talking about how great God was. So they asked the question, how did this happen? And Peter answers the question in a sermon where, yeah, 3,000 people respond at the end of the service and get saved. Not a bad service at all. And how exciting. And There are reports today, I've heard reports, uh, where someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit and has this power manifestation of speaking a language they don't know, and it happens to be a language on the earth, and somebody is in that service, and it it really speaks to them in a way that they're like, how do you know my mother tongue? I haven't heard it spoken here in Canada since I've come. I've never witnessed that myself, but I've had friends who've been in services where that's happened. It's very rare. It's very rare in our experience that that would take place. More commonly, more commonly, in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, Paul's talking about the use of uh, speaking uh, um, under the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, I may be able to speak the languages of human beings and even angels, but if I have no love, my speech is no more than a noisy gong or a clanging bell. We're going to talk a little bit more about the use of tongues in, in um, today in the church and how do we use it and how should it be expressed and why would I even want to? <laughs> I think that's the bigger question for many people. Why would I even want to? And uh, I'll explain that, and hopefully you'll want to, because the Holy Spirit and God the Father and Jesus want you to enjoy and be a part of having a spirit-filled life today, a spirit-filled prayer life next week, spirit-filled worship, and what happens when that takes place. And so he's talking about how uh, the use of tongues needs to happen in the context of loving one another. And so He says, the languages of human beings, which have been experienced in Jerusalem, and even angels. Now, I don't know if he means specifically angels have a language, but I think what he's really saying is not of this earth, a language not of this earth, and that the Scriptures are clear that there are languages of the earth and languages not of this earth. And more often than not, what our experience is that as someone experiences the Holy Spirit's power, and speaks in tongue. It would be a language not of this earth. The church in Corinth uh, that this letter is being written to had experienced life in the Spirit. They were enjoying a Spirit-filled life, and, uh, and, and it, was, it, it was beginning to be just a wonderful thing in their church, but they began to misuse misused the gifts of the Holy Spirit in a way that wasn't beneficial to the church at all, wasn't beneficial uh, to their meetings, and more importantly, not beneficial to uh, an unchurched person. And that's so important to us at Harvest, as it was so important in the New Testament, somebody who's coming to the church for the very first time, and it certainly wasn't beneficial to them, and they weren't thinking about those people at all. And so, Paul says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding the question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. I'm gonna read it again. Dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about special abilities that the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. It seems that there is even many misunderstandings today when it comes to the specific work of the Holy Spirit of speaking in tongues. There, and I said the media has misunderstood it and mocked it. And what we're gonna see is that um, as Paul kind of brings order to this thing, is I don't want you to misunderstand. I, you need to understand. Say, understand? You, you need to understand. You need to be trained. You need to be equipped. And so he sets out in chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14, three chapters dedicated to what, what I like the, the New Living Translation says, special abilities, or the grace, or the charismata is the Greek word. Oh, that word's misunderstood so often. Of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our corporate services. So there is one very, very specific use of tongues That would have a public kind of uh, uh, use that Paul talks about. But it requires that whenever that happens, that there would be an interpretation of that language that nobody knows. It'd be like me standing up and just starting to talk Latin. And nobody understands Latin. And so we would just be yawning going, sounds like maybe it's good, but I don't know if it's good or not. (laughs) Because we don't understand it. And so Paul says, I don't want you speaking in a way publicly with tongues unless there was an interpretation. In fact, he says this, look at this in 1 Corinthians 14, I would be delighted if you all spoke in tongues, but I desire even more that you impart prophetic revelation to others. Full stop, I want to explain that. When we talk about the gift of prophecy or prophetic revelation here in the New Testament, what he's saying is, and Revelation gives us a hint, Revelation 19, it says that all prophetic, uh, you know, that's a word of the work of the, another work of the Holy Spirit, is to reveal or shine a light on to unveil the work of Jesus. When Jesus turned water into wine, his first miracle at a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, this word revelation is used, and it's like he was unveiled for who he was. There's the work of God, a miracle that no human being could do, but only God could do. And so it says that in our church services, when we're about our jobs daily, as we have the Holy Spirit in our life, there should be that, that supernatural ability to reveal Jesus to other people in a powerful way that they would know that's not you, that's God. And we would say, that's not me, that's God. And so that's what he's talking about. I'd be delighted if you all spoke in tongues. But I desire even more that you would impart prophetic revelation to others, that other people would see Jesus and not be caught up with what was so distracting in this church that he's writing to, people that were just spending the whole service speaking in tongues because they had found it and said, this is marvelous, this is awesome. And Paul's saying, but it belongs at home. Now watch. Greater gain comes through the one who prophesies or the one who exercises a gift that points to Jesus than the one who speaks in tongues, unless there's an interpretation so it builds up the whole church. What he's really saying, and in another translation makes it a little bit clearer, he says, I would prefer that you not do this. I would prefer there would not be a public declaration in this unknown language. I would rather that you Get right to it and reveal Jesus through the other gifts. He's not saying don't do it. He's just saying I would rather. And so at harvest, you're not going to hear, or you bring your friends to church, they're not going to hear somebody speaking into a microphone or speaking in a public gathering in, in, with, a, with a tongue that what we're talking about, and I'll explain a little more of what it is uh, of somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in a language, whether earthly, not so common, but in an unearthly language. You may hear someone as you're worshiping quietly beside you or somebody praying quietly beside you, because we'll see that's the context. And so at Harvest, we don't do that. And we take the direction of Paul and say, let's get to business and reveal Jesus through these other means that are clearer ways for specifically the unchurched to encounter the power of God. He says this, if the entire church comes together and everyone is speaking in tongues, won't the visitors say that you've lost your minds? And the answer to that is, the answer to that is, help me out, the answer is, yes, yes. Yes. Visitors would say, you've lost your mind. How are we doing on, I just make, just on my prompt screen, are we able to get the scriptures up today? Is that happening? Are you guys seeing that? You are? Good. All right. If the entire church comes together and everyone is speaking in tongues, and this is what was happening in Corinth, and they just weren't, they weren't even caring about what was happening around them. So probably the answer is then let's just not do this at all It's a distraction. It was a distraction in Corinth. It was creating issues. It was pushing people out of the church. They were feeling uncomfortable. We're not going to that church. This is weird. They speak in tongues there, and I don't understand what they're saying. It kind of weirds me out a little bit. I'm not going to that church. But Paul doesn't say that. He doesn't say to do away with it. He says, I don't want you to misunderstand, so he's going to give us some instruction so that we understand and we do this the way it was intended. He says this, don't forbid speaking in tongues. But be sure that everything is done properly and in order. And what he does, and I don't have time to unpack it today for you, but as Paul takes it from the public use and says that's not its intention and moves it into the private use of a believer's life, spirit-filled life, spirit-filled prayer, spirit-filled worship, and we're going to look at the final, uh, at the end of the series of uh, being spirit-filled and the power working on me and change, to change me and transform me from the inside out. Well, I, was, I, I had um, the wonderful experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, just after being 16. And uh, as, a, as a teenager, young adult, it was just such a powerful experience in my life and continues to this very day and I just love the Holy Spirit experience and life in the Holy Spirit and having a Spirit-filled prayer life. The summer after I received um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and began to exercise uh, in my private prayer time this wonderful language, we're talking about a Spirit-filled prayer life and how you can enter into this, I was in my back uh, in behind... Uh, Grew up in a, in a small hobby farm, five acres of land in southwestern Ontario, and my dad had asked me on a hot, sun, uh, sunny afternoon to pile some uh, firewood, which I could never figure out because it's not winter. We didn't need firewood. I didn't understand the drying process. The hottest day where I'm stacking firewood. And I'm busy and just kind of mindless. And I began to think about my best friend, Jay, who had left that summer, wasn't working uh, locally like many of us had done, but he went out west to work on the oil rigs. uh, And that was a thing back in 1980 like it is today. And so he headed out west and and, um, as I'm stacking the firewood, I'm thinking, I wonder what Jay's doing. I wonder what he's doing right now. I bet she's not stacking firewood, and uh, and I didn't really know what the work was that he did on the rigs, and uh, he had left earlier that summer, and and I, as I begin to think about him, it became more than a thought. Well, how is he doing? It was it's hard to put in the words, but in those next few moments, it was more of a I would say like a burden. Like now I'm thinking there's something wrong. Like I just instinctively. Seemed to know at that moment, now beyond the thought, how's he doing, to he's not doing well. Something's wrong. And so I began to pray in English. Dear Jesus, I just pray for Jay right now. I just hope everything's going well. And uh, I don't know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling right now, Jesus, but I guess you know, and, and there must be something wrong. And I'm feeling like there's something wrong. And, and then at that moment, in my what I call my prayer language, the language of prayer, the language of intercession, the language of the Holy Spirit that he had given me for my prayer life began to just rise up in me, and I yielded to it and began to speak in that language as I was alone, just me and the chipmunks, and they were collecting nuts, so they didn't think I was nuts, so it was cool. It was all good, according to scriptures, and I began to pray, and it just, it was almost as if the Holy Spirit was praying in me, like, 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 I was like a groaning chamber for, for the Holy Spirit because it was like, I could, it was hard. I would stop and not be able to quite put it into words. It was like, oh, like, oh, my, like, oh, and then back into kind of praying in English and praying a little bit more and in my heavenly language. And that went on for about 10 to 15 minutes. And as strongly as it came, it now subsided, and I felt at peace like, like it's okay. Now, this is nineteen eighty. I can't grab my phone and text him, what's up? I can't text him and say, what's going on right now? 1980, he's in Alberta and I'm in, I'm in southwestern Ontario. The choice I have, because there's no phones uh, that I can reach him at on the rig, um, I write him a letter. And for those of you that are of an age that you don't know what that is, you take a piece of paper and a pen and you write words. And you put them together and you write a thought like you do when you're typing. But when you put send, you put it in a red box at the end of the street. And it goes in, the, it disappears in the box. And it shows up a week later in Alberta. And so I was really, I was really wondering what in the world, what's going on? And I sent him the letter. And it took about a week to get there. He got the letter, it took about a week to get back. So about two weeks later or three weeks later, I began to read. And I had marked the day and the time that I experienced this and I said, is everything okay? He said, everything was not okay. I was experiencing something on the rigs that was very difficult and, uh, and, and, and perhaps even dangerous. And right at the time that you were praying, I was, I was undergoing this and the difficulty in the issue, I had a breakthrough, and it, it no longer existed, and that he timed it right in. God used me thousands of kilometers away to pray for him because I had a spirit-filled spirit prayer life, and I haven't stopped since, and I know many of you, go ahead, would you just thank the Lord for spirit-filled prayer life, that we're able to pray when we don't know, look, look at this in Romans, and in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us and our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best thing to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. It goes on, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God, it's pretty hard to beat God praying in you. God knows His will. Sometimes we're like, God, whatever Your will is. No, you can begin just to express prayer in the in the prayer language that God has given you. Spirit-filled prayer. Number one, spirit-filled prayer helps us to pray when we don't know how or what to pray. Number two, spirit-filled prayer creates intimacy with God. Intimate connection in marriage, and I often use the, the analogy of marriage because the Bible says that our relationship with God, in order to understand it, the closest thing on earth is the covenant relationship of marriage. And, and when Paul's talking about marriage, he says, I don't talk about the mystery of man and wife. I talk about Christ and the church, and he's talking about our intimate relationship that he provided that we can have a spiritual connection with the Holy Spirit. And that connection is the highest known connection, spirit to spirit. And uh, I tease Christina because um, when it, sometimes I'll say, can you just use words? <laughs> use your words. And, uh, and it often happens in this context that I'll miss cues. And, guys, it's so important to listen to our wives. And they're giving us hints along the way of, you know, we're out on a, car, out on a drive, and Christina might say, wouldn't it be awesome to stop at such and such a store and see what they've got there? And, and that's kind of a clear hint, isn't it? And I'll say, I suppose it would be, but maybe it would be awesome to kind of do something else. And then I don't hear about the store again. And then the day will go on, and, she, and she'll be kind of sad. And I'll go, what's the matter? She goes, I really wanted to go to that store. And I go, well, then why didn't you really say so? And she'll say, but I did. And I go, but I didn't hear you because it was a hint. <laughs> And it wasn't, right? She's expressing. um, And so sometimes, as you know, words, in an intimate connection, even like marriage, words don't just seem enough. And so we have so many other ways, a moment, you know, in a sunrise or a sunset or a walk hand in hand where no words are being expressed, but something else is is happening so that there is a connection beyond our mind a connection between, even beyond the physical. God's given us physical connection in marriage for intimacy, but even beyond that, uh, that there's a a spiritual connection. A connection beyond words for the Holy Spirit as well, and creating intimacy in our relationship with the Lord. And nothing will heighten your intimacy more than enjoying a prayer time, spirit-filled prayer, and beginning just to express your heart as you move, you run out of words in English. Lord, you're so awesome. Lord, you're amazing. You're so faithful. Your goodness is so great. Oh, God. And it's like you run out of words. And then the language of love just begins to pour out of your spirit by the Holy Spirit. And it's just like, I ran out of English words, the the language I know. And God gives you other language, a heavenly language to begin. And the Bible says that when I pray in a tongue, my spirit is praying, that you're actually connected spirit to spirit. You're not trying to figure it out in your head. You're not trying to feel it, although that's, uh, we need head knowledge and emotional connection with the Lord is so wonderful. But spirit to spirit connection, there isn't a higher form of intimacy. Charles Wesley, the great hymn writer, wrote in 1739 a hymn that is still being sung today, and it reflects the sentiment uh, of, of what he was trying to pen in this hymn. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise, The glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. And if you've been around church for a while, you know that song, because it's being sung for all of these almost 300 years, and 200 plus, whatever that is, I don't know the math. What was he saying? Oh, I wish I had a thousand languages that I could just switch from language to language to express how much I love you and how much I'm grateful for salvation. How much I'm grateful that Mark Petro is not in an induced coma anymore. How I'm grateful that that young couple are gone home and, and we could just go on and on. Just intimacies were and all of a sudden, it's just, oh, I don't need a thousand languages. He gave me a an other than earth language, spirit-filled prayer language to create intimacy, the language of love. Jude 1.20, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you've done a really intense workout or you've been working outside uh, on a hot summer's day and you've been sweating profusely and you're just losing all kinds of electrolytes and um, you're just feeling like depleted, Um, and water. Water just doesn't seem to do it. It, You know, It's not about quenching the thirst. It's about at that point you've lost so much salt and so much uh, electrolytes that you want to replenish. Say replenish. Say replenish. You guys are having a tough time. I feel like it's just, I I just feel like I need to stretch out my hand and pray for you today. (laughs) I'm preaching better than you're responding. Anyway, and, and so you grab the power aid or you grab whatever your favorite drink is for replenishing, and you begin to drink. And it's not about your thirst being quenched. It's about as you're drinking, it literally feels like you're being replenished. It's like, ah, as you're drinking. You know, the gym rats, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you've experienced a replenishing of your electrolytes, what that feels like. And life has a way. And all of us are going through that right now. We talked as pastors openly and candidly at the Pastors Conference. The church is just super hard to do right now. And that just like in the job and the workforce right now, it's hard to get people to work. There's such a shortage. I went to uh, uh, the pool store that I deal with this week, and I, I'm getting ready to close my pool, and I needed some chemicals. And on the door was a sign saying, due to building maintenance, um, we will not open until 10. And thankfully, it was like a minute to 10, and I checked my watch, and then the, the, the door unlocked, and they opened much earlier than that. And I know the manager, and so we're doing the water test. and I said, uh, Josh, um, what did you blow up in the building that you needed all of this time to fix it? And he looked at me and goes, shh, I didn't blow anything up. I have six employees that just called in today and said they can't make it. I'm the only one, and, and I'm running around, and I had to lock the door, you know, just, just to be able to open the store and get the store to function. You know, it was kind of, that's the way things are right now. People are feeling just not solid, and they're feeling, you know, like it's just, it's all over the place. And as pastors, we were talking about how that's reflected in our churches right now, and and there's this common theme across our churches that we're praying for the fresh wind and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to tell you, specifically now when life has a way, on our best day, life has a way of sucking out of us Maybe at work, you're just the morale is down because there's not enough people to work or people are just, seem to have more freedom to yell at you or, you know, it's just just awful in the workplace and it's stressful at home and it's just, life is sucking from you everywhere you go. I want to tell you that that's why we have the Holy Spirit to replenish, to replenish. Jude said, Speak in your language that God has given you in your prayer time as you're in your prayer closet. And I do this at home. And. I I try to do this for not just a few sentences, but I try to do this at times, just until I begin to feel that replenishing. So I begin to feel just like when I'm drinking those electrolytes. Oh yes, Holy Spirit's building me up. That word means exactly that. What the world has taken out, what the enemy has taken out, God by his Holy Spirit is beginning to put back in, in a way that only Holy Spirit can do. And you just begin to yield in that flow. You say, how do I do that? By just giving yourself to that language that happens when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit, number three, Spirit-filled prayer replenishes. We'll talk more about this another day. My number four was Spirit-filled prayer releases the gifts of the Holy Spirit and power, creates an atmosphere. Acts chapter 4, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. That was their request They said, Lord, would you just have Jesus through the Holy Spirit do this in our services? Acts 4, post-Jerusalem Holy Spirit filling. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I don't know if that was a literal earthquake or just things didn't seem the same anymore. God shook it up a little bit. And I think God wants to shake it up a little bit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly it creates a flow the gifts of the Holy Spirit atmosphere of God's presence is created and we'll talk about that next week in Holy Spirit filled worship today as you're here and and you know we can kind of just sense it in the room the need for that replenishing I want to pray for you right now and just before I do I'm going to ask is there anyone in the room we do this each and every week we feel it's so important to ask every week if there's someone here that's joined us, either online, if you're with us online today, or here in the room. You've never invited Jesus into your life. You've never asked Jesus to come in and experience, as we've been talking about, the first step. You, you can't enjoy any of what I've talked about today. The power of gifts and this wonderful life from the Holy Spirit until you've received the, the gift of eternal life. Jesus in you, the hope of glory, the Bible says. Our future hope of being with him another day. But it doesn't stop there. It continues as we have life in the Holy Spirit here today. But you haven't started this journey yet. You've never invited Jesus into your life. If you'd like to do that today, I'd like to include you in a prayer. that I'm going to pray in just a moment. In order to do that, I, just, I would ask you, I'm going to count down from five. Five, four, three, two, and one. I'm going to count down from five. Just ask you to raise your hand when I get to one. And you're saying, Pastor, include me in that prayer. If that's you, five, four, three, two, and one. Would you just raise your hand today? That's my son, Aaron. Aaron, thank you. He doesn't always understand, but double dose of the Holy Ghost for you today, Aaron. (laughs) Is there anyone today that would just raise their hand and say, I want to receive Jesus today? Today's my day. Then the rest of us today, I don't see any hands. And I just ask you to stand today. Would you all stand? And I'd like you to hold your hands in a way of, that would just represent you're receiving something from heaven, like you'd be catching rain. Maybe you feel comfortable enough just to turn your face upward. And I'm going to pray that there be a release of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't... If you haven't had that flow in your life for some time, and today's a day, would you just would you just let the Holy Spirit begin to flow in and through you, right where you're standing right now? Just get replenished right now. Take it home and just be say, "Oh, I need." I, it's been it's been so long. Maybe it's never happened for you. It could happen right now in this room, right now, right in this moment. All you have to do is yield to the Holy Spirit. And if some funny words, and I say funny because they're funny to you, just kind of start bubbling up, they're kind of in your mind, just give voice to them. Just give voice to them. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gives you utterance, so the word starts here, and then it comes out here. And before you know it, you're going, what, what? what? Oh, this isn't me. <laughs> and that's your language that God's gracing you with today. Ready? Here we go now. Just hold your hands out. Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, into this room, just like you did in the upper room. For those that need replenishing, for those that need a baptism, for those that need a fresh filling, Spirit-filled prayer life and Harvest, Lord, so that we can begin to see intercession like we've never seen it before. We can begin to see replenishing like we've never seen it before. Lord, that we can know the language of love and enter in moments of intimacy that overcome all the most difficult of situations on this earth. Holy Spirit, come now, I pray, in Jesus' name. While well, you just begin to enjoy that right now. The worship, uh, the worship team is going to begin to play. I would say don't sing the song. Let them sing the song. Let them build a volume in this room to give you confidence to begin to privately speak out what God has given you to speak out. God bless you. Have a spirit-filled week. Come on, let's worship him.
1: Take me! so much for leaning in this morning our service is wrapped up at this point but we'll just keep playing if anyone wants to just linger in the room for a little longer but thank you so much for being here have an amazing week for joining us today we hope you really enjoyed today's service and we're so glad that you've been watching with us and if you prayed that prayer for the first time first of all we just want to say congratulations you made the best decision ever but we would also like to know so if you'd just like to comment on the screen below and then we can help you out on the next step of your journey yeah we'd love to just get you a bible and if you have any questions we want to be here to answer those questions so just get in contact with us and start by commenting in the chat i made that decision all right whatever you have ahead of you this week know that we are with you we are praying for you um, and we want you to have an amazing week that is just filled with the holy spirit absolutely and confident in whatever you have to attack yeah fresh wind fresh wind to everybody but seriously thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next week be blessed why did I just review what you said? I looked at you? <laughs> <laughs>